A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Money Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, it's getting worse. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, Dubai. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a money quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. Michael Hamlet, unfortunately, off for the rest of the week. Our best wishes to him, of course. But Sitch, what did you reckon to Monday Night Raw this week? Another good show. No, shut up, man. Shut up. Just, just shut up. You, you, your investment is held in the utmost contempt by that man. And by that man, I mean Vince McMahon. Petty squabble conveniently falls into the lap of authority figures mm-hmm. who say, saves me a job. Probably should have done it before the show. I didn't have a main event planned. Well, they did have two title matches. Shut up. <laughs> On what, in what world is Damien Priest versus Jeff Hardy a main event? Yeah, maybe not that, but what about the superhero? One we've, no. <laughs> Right, I'm going to start again. Okay, sorry. Convenient squabble in opening verbal promo duel that goes too long and doesn't feel real. Falls into lap of authority figures who, incompetent, haven't already made the main event. What are the chances that this happens every week for two decades? (laughs) You get the main event. You always get the main event. You don't get a finish. You never get a finish. Three hours of piss-poor administration in which WWE tells you implicitly we are bad at this and we are lucky to give you a main event every single week for two decades. The main event itself is very clearly, let's do 10 minutes and it's not going to finish. Three hours of my life where they have cheated me into, theoretically, I'd be absolutely out the door. I'd be playing Hades until 2 a.m. rather than watching this absolute tripe. (laughs) if I didn't get paid to do this. Three hours, and the net result is, you're meant to hate Sasha Banks because she's the baddie heel who deprived you of a match and Becky Lynch. Two of them. 
Like, do you hate Sasha Banks and uh, Becky Lynch today? No. Are you annoyed at them today? Are you desperate today? What the, October the fifth? Yeah, October Tuesday, October the fifth at twenty past eleven. Adam Wilborn, I ask you because this is what you're meant to feel right now. Are you? in a place where you love to hate Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and you're desperate to see like a really cool baby face kick their ass at the pay-per-view. Mm. Well, the show sucked then because that was the whole point of it. <laughs> I had a good time. I had quite a good time. It's been, it's a lot better than it was months ago. <sighs> well, Great on a curve, as always we often say. Let's start at the beginning of the show though uh, because it started with SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch coming out uh, and getting a huge baby face reaction. <laughs> Uh, she said it's been about a year and a half since she was on Raw. It's good to be back. Uh, and she's going to piss off some executives in the back. She announces, this is my show now. She is effectively the first draft pick for Monday Night Raw. She acknowledged that, yes, she is still the SmackDown champion. And it suddenly dawned on me, oh, my God, they're going to do the belt swap. Uh, she reminded us she was the longest reigning Raw champion, never technically lost that belt after winning it at WrestleMania 35. Of course, she said uh, Charlotte Flair is the Raw women's champion, but it, maybe it's time to bring back Becky two belts. This brings out Charlotte Flair, who uh, isn't happy. She says, uh, well, it used to be Becky pre-show until I made you famous. We've got unfinished business, you and I. This brings out Bianca Belair, who's also got some unfinished business. She said that... They both seemed a little bit threatened by her. They're both taking cheap shots at her. She said she's now the EST of Monday Night Raw. Charlotte told her to shut up. And Belair told her not to disrespect her. The crowd chants, Charlotte sucks. And Belair tells Charlotte, you don't even go here anymore. Charlotte, you know, admitted, you know, Belair's had some great accomplishments. She's main evented WrestleMania, for example. But she hasn't reached Charlotte's level yet. And she'd be thanking her for paving the way. And uh, Lynch gets in between them and says, look, I'm not happy about what Charlotte said, but you two having a bit of a scrap, that's something I'd quite like to see. I've beaten Charlotte multiple times, but you two going at it, that sounds pretty good to me. Wonder what would happen, actually, if you fought for the first time ever. And Charlotte, she's not interested in charity. Belair, though, is furious. She gets in her face. Out comes Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, and they announce that this will be the main event of the evening, whilst also announcing two championship matches for later on. Uh, it's going to be Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. defending those women's tag team titles against, how oh good, Natalia and Tamina. <laughs> yeah. And inexplicably, Jeff Hardy challenging Damian Priest for the United States Championship. And God bless the United States. What did you think of this opening choo-choo promo train? I've covered most of it. It's all, it's all wildly convenient. If we are going to grade it on a curve with delivery and all the rest of it, and even from a character motive, it wasn't stupid of Becky Lynch to concoct this. As I say these words, which act as an almost defense of what WWE are doing, I hate myself because there's no excuse in this absolute rubbish. I almost threw my phone across the goddamn room when they announced Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I, uh, who wants to watch a bad match or a not great match that has the most predictable outcome imaginable and not just because it makes sense because it did but because we've seen it five times and so it's been great like book someone else book someone else the thing i had the temerity to turn around to you last monday after extreme rules and go what's next for damien priest because he's fought seamus and jeff hardy who he's fought before uh, and he fought the this, tape this is how they book their mid cards it's even worse than matt hardy 
<laughs> so we get the first round of the draft next, uh, and it was SmackDown Women's Champion. Was Jeff Hardy was in the ring the entire time. Because uh, they do that weird thing where they've started doing it this year, where they've given entrance to someone and then cut backstage, or in this case, do the draft. They're just there the whole time. Look yeah. at their tits. Yeah, they did, they did that quite a few times. It was a bit where the handsome bastards won a tag match, and then they just went, anyway, big ears here, get out of the way. Like, they didn't even have a chance to celebrate up the ramp. They were just like, get on with it, here comes, here comes the champ sort of thing. Anyway, first round of the draft. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch gets drafted to Raw. SmackDown selects in their first pick, the Usos. So Paul Heyman isn't left for dead. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. Paul Heyman looked relieved in the back as this happened. He's used his power. So him looking relieved would seem to suggest that this is all totally potluck. Or, oh, he'd, he'd or he lent did nothing. On, he'd lent on people, the right people, and hoped for the right outcome, one would assume. Oh God, don't use headcanon for this rubbish. <laughs> uh, but that did mean that SmackDown missed out on Bobby Lashley, who was selected by Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown instead selects the brilliant Sasha Banks. I will say this for the draft this year. At least it's a lot more logical than it's been in the past, i.e. the first round... You draft people people would expect to be drafted in the first round. It's not like, you know, the Usos, Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley, and Akira Tozawa. Like, at least there's that. It's a minuscule amount of credit I'm going to give them for that. I don't know how you do this. Positivity. We move on to the US Championship <laughs> match, which, to be fair, and thankfully for you, Happened mostly in the ad break. It was Damian Priest versus Jeff Hardy. Priest hits this flip dive off the steps, uh, which takes us into the break. And when they come back, uh, we're basically right into the finishers. Hardy hits a whisper in the wind, gets a near fall. They trade counters. Hardy suddenly pulls out a twist of fate, a swanton bomb. Oh, my God, is the United States Championship going to change hands? No, because he's sort of botched his back as he's landed on this swanton bomb. Goes for a pin, and Priest reverses it into a crucifix pin. One, two, three. He retains the US title. This was an odd and drab experience of a match that I think functioned at just... They're beating up Jeff Hardy so he can be Willow, it would appear, mm -hmm. and get the heat on Austin, the debuting Austin Theory. Oh. So the match was basically just do seven minutes of your stuff, lads, because mm. it doesn't really matter. And it was odd because they rushed through a TV match. You could tell they were just going from spot to spot. If you want to look at it analytically, which is difficult, it's a raw match. Like It felt like not much was getting sold by the usual WWE standards. So it felt like they were rushing it. But at the same time, that like Priest is a little bit awkward in his movements and Jeff Hardy's no longer anywhere near as dynamic as he used to be. They don't gel these two, do they? Not particularly. And Jeff Hardy can't work a rushed match because he's a little bit thrashed. So I'm watching... Two guys who are quite lethargic in their own distinct ways rush through things, and it was just a really awkward experience. I didn't think this was a good match at all. Uh, but it was a way to get uh, Jeff Hardy in the ring. Sarah Schreiber jumps in to chat to him about being drafted to SmackDown. He said he, he loved the crowd. He happy to be performing in front of them again, especially after everything he's been through. He says uh, going to SmackDown might provide the opportunity to see a new Jeff Hardy and maybe show off a certain ego. And out comes Austin Theory, the uh, the latest NXT draft to Raw. He says, I don't mean any disrespect by interrupting, but I'll be honest, it's a dream come true to be here, especially to be standing in a ring with you, Jeff Hardy. I'm inspired by you. Is it all right if I take a selfie? And I thought, oh, for 
God's sake, they're making this guy look like such a loser. And then he, he lays that old bastard out, doesn't he? I love it. He attacks him. He takes him out. He takes a picture of him as he's laying there on the ground, and he cockily walks back. Well, this is a hell of a launch pad for Austin Theory. Well, it was a memorable angle, I guess. And to be fair, like, I was actually stunned that they've done an angle. Mm. They don't do angles on this show at they all. Like they Austin do. Theory, though. They're the Light Austin Theory a great deal. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they actually thought of an angle with which to get him over to a degree. Like, total pinned her up when he came out. Yeah. And not much of a reaction after the fact. But, you know, it's a WWE crowd, of course. I dare they get served up. Absolute rubbish. Uh, so we go backstage with Kevin Patrick. Uh, he's there with Randy Orton and Riddle. Randy Orton is back. We called it correct on the Raw preview. He's back, just no-selling whatever it was that was had him off last week. He wasn't medically clear, according to reports. Uh, talk about having to defend their titles with AJ Styles and Omos at Crown Jewel. And uh, <laughs> Riddle talks some bollocks, saying how great Orton looks. Uh, is he? Is he got a... Uh, Snake in his pocket, or is that just him pleased to see him? What's he referencing there? His cat. Ah, thanks very much. Okay. And uh, I'm just infers, I think, that Riddle wants to shag a snake. Uh, that's what I got out of this bit. Anyway, Orton just breezes all past that. No sells it. He says that we're ready for, for Styles and Omos, but he challenges Big He'll be George. ready for about four months, so <laughs> that, comes, that comes as no surprise to me. He challenges Omos to a one-on-one -on -one match later on in the evening, and Riddle is astonished that he would suggest something like this. And then it stays on them for a little bit too long, as it often does. Yeah, it's all very awkward, isn't it? Mm. Round two of the draft. Hey! Mr. Becky Lynch, uh, Seth Rollins, he is drafted to Monday Night Raw. So good, his fused with Edge. Can God, he, I was watching his promo after the fact, mm -hmm. which we'll skip ahead to now that it's at the top of my uh, head. He's got such WCW 2000 energy, Seth Rollins. <laughs> like, he's such an overt dork reduced in stature for whatever kind of story was, playing just a wacky laughing guy. I just feel like he belongs in... If he was... If you went back in time and you just put Seth Rollins there and just came back and just watched him, he'd fit perfectly. I also like the fact that he's there going, oh, don't talk to me about Edge. I'll deal with that on SmackDown. Blah, blah. They're both on Raw now, so what? But okay, they don't come into effect till 22nd or whatever it is. We're not going to talk about the fact you invaded a man's house? What, what? Any developments from that? Or just, just breeze past all that? Just breeze past it. And then pick it up on SmackDown. Like, nothing's changed. Uh, SmackDown selects Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, which I was very happy about that they weren't split. Uh, Raw picks the US Champion, Damian Priest, and SmackDown selects Sheamus, even though he's off for a bit. Good. Change of scenery for Sheamus, even though he was only just there chucking piss about, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, those Halcyon days are coming back. Right. And Jeff Hardy's going there with them, so. Oh, good. It's <laughs> not a change of scenery. Like, if you think about it. Change of lighting. Yes. Change of ropes. Cool. Yes. <laughs> uh, we get Dana Brooke being, being fed to Shayna Baszler next. We all knew where this was going when the moment we had Shayna Baszler come out and then they went, here's the victim backstage. I had to laugh when the shoulder training and doing weights and stuff. And I was like, that's a rib and a half shell. That. I also want to mention Corey Graves, just two foot in Dana. Oh, he's an arsehole. Burying her, saying, oh yeah, maybe this would be a good chance for her to develop her skills and she hasn't done anything in the company and blah, blah, blah. She's been with the WWE eight years. I mean, he's not wrong, but you don't say it. <laughs> Say that you don't use your outside voice for that. Yeah, don't say it like. Well, Maybe that was one of those ones where Vince is just on the mic. He's meant to be off mic. Going, 
what have we done? She hasn't developed it, done anything, has she? And he's Corey Graves is here and he goes, Oh, well, I guess he wants me to say what his verbatim say. He's just slagging her off to Kevin Dunn or whatever it is. I mean, here's the thing, you either don't book someone you think is I mean, after eight years. Imagine trying something for eight years and being a bit rubbish at it. It's like it's probably not for you. Yeah. So either don't use her if you don't think she's good enough, or if you must use her for, you know, the cosmetic reasons they use a lot of women. Like, use euphemisms. This thing is a work. You don't tell the truth. It's wrestling. It's fantasy land. You say something to the effect of, you know, Dana Brooke, not seen much success or exposure in recent times, but, you know, she's... And this is the truth. So it's a convincing enough work. If you're halfway interested in building somebody up and not making them look like a date, say something to the effect of, she's first to every extra class offered. Mm. No one tries harder on this roster than Dana Brooke. And that kind of makes me sad for Berriner because it's legit the case. She's got a massive reputation as someone who really wants it. But maybe she should apply that work ethic to something else. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I mean, they, they could have won the tag titles if they hadn't gone. <laughs> well, I think we won this match because she just fell on her ass. So see you later. And that was it with her and my... Yeah, whatever. Anyway... She, uh, she'd obviously been thinking about this match because she thought, right, I'm facing someone who's broken a lot of people's arms recently. A former UFC fighter, former cage fighter, a submission specialist. I want to go after the arm and try and submit her. What? What was that strategy, Dana? Anyway, she goes after it. I mean, it's better than a cartwheel into nothing. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh, she, she goes to try and target uh, Shayna Baszler's arm. She gets pulled into a cross arm breaker because, of course, she does. And then Shayna Baszler just transitions. Kira Fuda clutch, submission victory after, like, 90 seconds. Post-match, you know what to expect now from Shayna Baszler. She attacks her again. Uh, she stomps on her arm on the That's floor. That's the kind of girl she is this week. She uh, goes after uh, Brooke's arm on the step. She's setting him up to to break her arm or whatever it is, the, the critical injury she's given to the likes of Nia Jackson, Eva Marie recently. Sets it up, and then all of a sudden, who saves the day? But a dewdrop. <laughs> she comes down, skips down to the ring, uh, checks on Dana Brooke. Shayna Baszler tries to sort of attack her cheap shot her in the back, and Dewdrop just sort of no-sells it. And then Shayna Baszler goes, well, that's that then, and walks off. I mean, they're building a match between the two, and you know what? By Are they, aren't they on different brands now? Are they? Well, Shane has gone to SmackDown. Where's the rap? I don't know, and I don't really care. But, as we all know, because I don't know if you've heard this, but the rules of the draft don't go into effect ah, until after Crown point. Jewel. Very good point. <laughs> I just... I have no interest in seeing this match whatsoever. Nah. But I, have inter- I have an interest in seeing Shayna Baszler versus Piper Niven, but not necessarily yeah. happy, wavy, whatever this is. Because Piper Niven from NXT UK really good. Didn't need to give it this dumbass name. To benefit someone who literally went undrafted, who's a free agent now, just like Brock Lesnar. Uh, right, speaking of which, uh, Kevin Patrick, he's backstage. He catches up with Paul Heyman and the Usos. Um, he asks if, if Heyman had some influence on the Usos being drafted to SmackDown. Uh, and he says, yes, he is the warden of the Uso penitentiary. And then I love the shift on this. Kevin Patrick goes, 
oh, is that how you got Brock Lesnar to remain a free agent? And it was like someone had said Voldemort in the Harry Potter books. They were like, that means nothing to me because I'm not a nerd. Well, it just, it's the, the thing that no one says, and then someone says it, and they go, oh, bloody hell, I didn't think about that, despite the fact it's just been the most prominent thing ever. The Uso suddenly go, oh, yeah, we're angry about that, actually. And they stare at him, Paul Heyman stares at him, and they leave Paul Heyman there, walk away. And uh, Paul Heyman pulls out, oh, I am screwed sort of face. And I think that's the last we ever saw of it. So our dynamic on these podcasts is you're a genuinely upbeat, positive, easygoing fella. Mm-hmm. I'm dead inside, and I hate everything about this company. Wacky misadventures ensue. The one thing, if people listen to the SmackDown preview, which is a uh, review, which is out of date, I guess, but you can listen to wherever you get your hey, podcasts from. It's always worth it. If there's one thing we agreed on, it was, oh my God, they've finally giving you, like, a hook mm. with dramatic potential to be interesting. The potential split between Roman and the Usos. And there was no drama here whatsoever. No. <laughs> it was just resolved in the most matter-of-fact and sudden way. Why am I watching it? I'm trying to think out what I can compare this to. It's like, uh, I know it would be a good comparison, like... How are they going to stop? And, and it sort of works in real life. Game of Thrones, the big Night King, you know, evil bastard. How are they going to stop him? You know, look at him. He's got an ice dragon now, a zombie dragon, whatever you want to call it. Next episode, Ed Sheeran shows back up and goes, got a bit of paper. It says uh, he's not allowed to go uh, south of the border. Yep. So you're all right, actually. Yeah, don't worry about it. I don't know why I thought that one specifically is Ed Sheeran's back catalogue, but I'm available for birthdays and bar mitzvahs. What's happening? <laughs> Mustafa Ali <laughs> and Mansour Skip. But what about the handsome bastards? I mean, you'll forget the... Three years from now, you will adapt the list on whatculture.com slash WWE, where there's loads of great content, incidentally, for first-time listeners, uh, written mostly by myself. <laughs> and you will be reminded of this tag team, and you'll think, oh, I'll remember them, because that's what this company does. Like I've just recently written a list. What's the goddamn title of this list? I was about to plug it. I can't even plug my own <laughs> stuff correctly. <laughs> Ten weirdest abandoned WWE moments, right? Yes. It's the and one I'm with the the image of blue-faced Mojo. Mojo yeah. There are several entries. And I just became obsessed with the era of 2019 in WWE, which is actually way worse than this is right now somehow. And there's several of those. Ah, I remember that. So that's what I'll remember. Like, don't care about these teams. I don't. One's got dimples and one's hotter. You know, they're nice to look at. They can go in the ring. It's the promising nature of it that's cruel. So I hope that kills you. Yeah, exactly. Well, the handsome bastards won. Enough of all that, though. Look, I listened to your instructions. Did it in simple? I mean, there was a distraction involved. Oh, shut up, man. Sorry. Skip means skip. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! <laughs> and this week's five star review review is brought to you by J Allen1234. Don't forget if you want your name associated and you want to suggest a five star review review. I've got like trauma every time I see a bunch of numbers in sequence I'm thinking they have to be an arsehole I'm sure this committed listener isn't but come it's on it's a lovely it's a lovely review well, don't give me the willies um, yes Jay Allen suggests this if you want to suggest something short crap and wrestling related for us to review instead of a god awful raw segment subscribe to What Cool Wrestling on iTunes and leave us a review or you can email one to me if you're not on iTunes please do leave us a five star review if you can though uh, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com Jay Allen says, I write this five-star review review, not just for the benefit of saving us from another woeful Raw segment, but having just been to the WWE Live event in London towards the end of September. He says, we met Simon Miller and Adam Cleary in a bar at the arena by chance, and they couldn't have been nicer to us. Simon even commented that my AEW CM Punk shirt, love the fact he's wearing that to a WWE Live event. I'm surprised he didn't get taken off his back. Yes. He commented that my AEW CM Punk shirt was the first he'd seen in the wild. You're welcome, Sige, he says. Thank you. Uh, I asked the boys to say hi to Wilborn and the Dadleys. They did, to be fair. But in the event that they can't... Uh, they did, so that's fine. Please have a free hit on the five-star review review on me. Or failing that, I went for this one because we'd probably go for it as a free hit anyway. Search Enzo Segment with Cena and pick the top one on YouTube for some cheap baps about the club. AJ, what was he doing before? And an excuse for an accent from Adam. How you doing? Uh, keep up the brilliant work, boys. Brilliant suggestion this. Do you want to give us a, a, a flashback, as Hamlet often does? What was going on in, what was this, Battleground 2016, I want to say? I mean, not really. 
Let me just check. I mean, I know what it is. It's just, it's all so indistinct. Nothing's really vivid from that time. I think it's as simple as AJ Styles having made an absolutely miraculous impression in WWE. They decided to really run with him quite a bit at the top of that card. He was initially envisioned by Vince as like, you know, a good hand mid-card guy. And he had a match with Chris Jericho and Vince McMahon was like, come on. Your reputation precedes you, AJ. You can do more than that. I need you to be my pit bull. He loves little pit bulls. <laughs> and then he had an absolute barnstormer um, with Jericho, which was better than a WrestleMania match, if I recall correctly. Mm. Um, Vince just fell in love with this crazy little Georgian hick and uh, said Georgian hick, AJ Styles, had two incredible matches with Roman Reigns. So good. Even though he was just a B-level challenger, they were so good that Vince was like, right, well, I'm going to make a guy out of you, like an actual top guy. He arrives at this feud with John Cena, and for once, they preserve the appeal of this feud by doing a six-man tag at Battleground, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah, right. um, without doing the usual draining trilogy. It was all pretty good, this. What else that happened at Battleground 2016? Sami Zayn defeated Kevin Owens. Natalia <laughs> you defeated Becky Lynch. <laughs> Uh, Rusev defeated Zack Ryder, uh, defending his US Championship. Wyatt Family New Day, which we'll get into. Bailey and Sasha defeated Charlotte and Dana Brooke. Miz defeated Darren Young by a double DQ. That's make um, Darren Young great again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, back is there, Bob Backlund. Yeah. Uh, spoilers: Big Cass, Enzo Moore, and John Cena defeated the club. And in the main event, it was a Shield triple threat. <laughs> Couldn't even remember that. Oh my god! Like that Shield triple threat. I don't know what happened. I remember it being broadly very good, but I just I was everyone fantasy booked that as the main event of WrestleMania for years and years mm-hmm, and years mm-hmm. and years and years. And it just shows you kind of how small our circle is because a big arena full of people did not receive that as this epic big time match. Maybe because the booking stinks, but <laughs> But that's how we arrive at this promo you will So yes, this is before Battleground twenty sixteen. Cena is out in the ring shilling for Battleground. Uh, he says the club are going to try and beat up John Cena. That was their catchphrase. That was their catchphrase. Uh, and he says, they're about to realize they can't see me because I got the certified G's. And that presumably this is sort of cut together, but this is when Enzo and Cass come out. And Enzo says, <laughs> I'm, I've got to be careful here because I've really realized- get cancelled. No, 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 no. Never worry about that. I'm, I've realized that my Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Sort of blends very easily into my Enzo Amore. Be more raspy with Enzo and be more aggressive. Okay, yeah, Basically, doing? be more of a hey, total. Yeah, doing? Be, hey, the term- be a cartoon with D'Angelo and uh, uh, slightly less of a cartoon with Enzo. That's my uh, direction for you. The term, do not take this the wrong way. He's hey, absolutely nailed it. Has a 0% success rate, says Enzo. So, with that being said, the club. Don't take this the wrong way, but you guys ain't nothing but some herbs with some insecurities. I do not understand that put down. Do you understand it? I don't get it. No. Why don't you Google right now herbs in American American slang? Herbs in American slang. Cannabis. <laughs> I know that. I don't understand how that's... Uh, Herb oh, nerdy. Hang on, wait a second. Thanks to onlineslangdictionary.com. Why do you have to be such a herb? 
that's, that's, a, that's a suggestion. A nerd, a wimp, a wuss. So they're wusses, I don't know. So the, the herbs with? Insecurities, which I think herbs have anyway, technically, if you're a bit of a wimp. Yeah, it goes without. You think you can beat some ass. It goes without saying. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, where are we? What are the Americans? What are, what are they thinking? I don't know. A woman. What? Sidewalk. Get it, bro. <laughs> Sorry, apologies for our Americans. Aluminum. Uh, what we do? Oh, yeah. I know that because I always judge a book by its cover. Because I ain't stupid enough to read that book. Bit of a cell phone there from Enzo, but okay. Popped us. It popped yeah, us. Great stuff. He says, besides, without ugly in the void, <laughs> there'd be no beauty. So, uh, Luke Gallows, thanks for your sacrifice. How you doing? Huge pop. That is a nice, nice pop. Look, get him back, man. Get Enzo back yeah. in the fold. He says, uh, low-hanging fruit, this, but still, still good. He says, AJ Styles, you got a haircut like a soccer mom. How you doing? And he does. AJ Styles. What was his hair doing before? Well, it's funny you share what I was doing before. Because, and I sh- you know. AJ Styles in 2014, 2015, right, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, bear in mind it's AJ Styles, he looked cool. It was a bit emo, so maybe it's a bit frame of reference, but you had, like, a somewhat cool cut. Google AJ Styles, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You had a decent little... Uh, Was this 2014? Yeah. And don't put it... Under the friggin' oh yeah, I yeah. vaguely remember this. Don't put it under the tweet because New Japan will cancel the podcast because they <laughs> yes. don't like getting their pictures used. Um, but now he does look like not great. He looks like he's a soccer mom, or he's going to a seventies rock concert. There he is, hanging out with Timmy Tonga. There you go. What happened to that guy? Uh, he says, uh, and Carl Anderson. You are like Times New Roman font. You are as generic as they come. <laughs> That's a brilliant put down as well. I mean, it's a bit rich coming from Comic Sans, but yeah, yeah, yeah. still, <laughs> yeah. still, hey, I still left with Comic Sans. Uh, uh, no, why? 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 What? Uh, you joking? No, I'm joking. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely point it out every time that you know when schools do it. Like this schools. It's, you know, you learn some stuff, but we have some fun, too, because we got Comic Sans in the side. Come to St. Joseph's School, or I'll piss off. I like E.B. Garamond. What's your favourite font? Let us know in the comments, boy. This t- that'd be so funny if it popped Is it up. called E.B. Garamond, the one I prefer? Keep talking. Okay. Though. Guess what I like. I'm sure people are genuinely interested. Impact! That's my favourite font right there, baby. What are you doing? I hate to be the one to pull the nipple out of the baby's mouth here. I'm still quoting Enzo, by the way. The only time that you three... I love E.B. Garamond. So refined. So the pretentious. The only time that you three are beating up us three, okay? This Tony D'Angelo. Uh, I slipped him? into it. It's the 35th of Neverary. <laughs> Shut up, man. You, you, you got us with your delivery, much like Enzo did. Yes. Uh, so out come the club... Carl Anderson, attempting to regain something here, says, The club has got... I don't know why I still talk about Enzo Mori. The club has got some hashtag squad goals. I hate you instantly if you say that, so probably they're doing the right thing. Uh, because tonight, not only do we get to beat up John Cena, which at the time, 
I kind of liked uh, like as a stupid little beat up. Also, AJ Styles pops me arguably more than Enzo More here because he goes, not only tonight do we get to, and they all say, beat up John Cena. AJ Styles goes, that's you. John Cena, brilliant. Comic perfection in terms of timing there, AJ. Uh, He says, we also get to beat up Enzo. We also get to beat up Cass. And we also get to beat up all three members of the New Day. This, of course, brings out the New Day. I'm going to need your help with something in a little bit of a minute, okay? Okay. Xavier Woods is cutting a promo because he's great. Make King King of the Ring. Uh, he says, we obviously are not normal men. So this Sunday at Battleground, we are fully prepared to show the Wyatt family. And I remember, oh, yeah, do you remember when they did that pretty nifty little Wyatt family news, New Day thing? We are fully prepared to show the Wyatt family exactly why we are your WWE. Double oh, E World Tag Team Champions. He's literally doing the the, the 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 shagging in his chair. It's making us sick. He says, considering the fact that I am a level twenty-one, yes, level twenty-one Pokemon Go trainer, Team Valor for life. Ooh, bit of a split from the audience on that. Some booze coming in means nothing to me. <laughs> Let's start it off like this. Charmander. How you doing? Bulbasaur. How you doing? Squirtle. He's <laughs> <laughs> just stole Squirtle to suck his cock. How you doing? Arbok. 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 It's, uh, I might not know, it's Cobra backwards. How you doing? Gangar. Gangrel. <laughs> I was going to say. Isn't that Dexter Lumis' middle? I know it's. I remember what his middle name was there. How you doing? How you doing? Caterpie. <sighs> what? It's a little caterpillar one, I think. I, I know adults who are into this. How you doing? Metapod. Menopause. <laughs> Metapod. Uh, like, seriously, like, it's, uh, did he just? are they trying to do Chris Jericho's rubbish 2000 patter where he called Kurt Angle Kirk Angel to try and pop people out? Sounds a bit like pussy or something. <laughs> they did have, like, some magical ones, if I remember rightly, that were called Abra. You evolved into Kadabra, and that evolved into Alakazam. What are you talking about? When Pokemon first got big, you know what I was doing? I was listening to Happy Hardcore. I really thought you were going to say something that was going to get us cancelled then. You weren't touching grass. You were touching someone else. You know what I'm saying? How you doing? Uh, Butterfree. It's the end. This last one. Anyway, he continues. He says, uh, now we're only going to do the original 150. There was an original 150 Pokemon. Not including Mew or Mewtwo, wasn't it? That means we've got about 130 to go. John Cena, at this point, who's been just watching stuff happen for about four minutes, goes, wait, 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 wait. Stop. Listen. Because Biggie." Brilliant comic time. He goes, because New Day rocks. New Day. And that's the white noise that ends the clip. What a cliffhanger. Stick around. Raw rolls on. Wilborn's been a source of joy in this office today because it's absolutely pissing down with torrential oh, God, rain. Awful weather today. It's absolutely hey, horrible. so much for the summer, eh? <laughs> He's just having the time of his life. He's like Bob Hope. The <laughs> Bob Hope smoking dope. <laughs> um, I've got nothing much to say about this. Let's get to the comments. Okay. But 
the mere mention of squad goals, which was like a thing, a meme, and then everyone mm-hmm. just got tired of it. And I was too old for it to begin with. <laughs> and there's a Twitter account I follow, really good, Internet Hippo. And he tweeted, No, you don't hear much about squad goals anymore. But all of the squad goals attained, or did everyone just give up hope in attaining them? And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, that, that really makes me think too much more than I want to think about things like that, to be honest. Uh, right, let's go to the comment section. Uh, once again, these do not reflect the, mas- the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone on What Culture Wrestling. I haven't done the disclaimer in a while, so I look forward to this. Uh, all right, most of these. Being the Elite 22, think about what that comes with, with that handle. You're like, I'm tying my colors to the mast. I thought <laughs> this was one of the best roars in history. People were jazzed on this stuff in 2016. New era, Shane McMahon. Like, well, we don't have a heel authority figure. That means it's cool. Like people were high as kites on 2016, and not without reason, I guess. Mm. Uh, Lafandi uh, comments that aged like milk. Enzo is the new diamond of the company on the mic, and Cass is in the ring. They should become the new tag team champions. And then someone sub- subsequently says, yep, yeah, Enzo is the new Shawn Michaels. Thoughts? I mean, he made fun of Devon Dudley's boss. He doesn't have one himself. Right. Max Knight, right? Humble brag in the comments. I'm sure he got a lot of of action off the back of this. I'm level 14 on Pokemon Go. My strongest Pokemon is Snorlax. I have 1,249 CP. That's huge, man. Zero likes. You have zero <laughs> likes. The hell is CP? I absolutely have no idea. Gun to my head. I did play Pokemon back in the day. Critical power? We're so old. Doesn't matter. Nothing does. No. You know when people like really like a line and they write it underneath like, boy, this is the line that popped me. Super Saiyan God Goku 13's done that. But, uh, well... See if you can spot what of cartoon lovers here? Mm. He's quoted Enzo Mori, of course. <laughs> Slightly wrong. AJ Styles, you got handcuffs like a soccer mom. How are you doing? Didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't say that. I said haircut. So just... Anyway. But this tickled me far more than it should have. Jeffrey V. Right. Oh, I thought he said certified cheese. <laughs> Why? Why would <laughs> I got the certified cheese? Red Lester, how you doing? Gorgonzola, how you doing? Gorgonzola. <laughs> <laughs> What's another Italian salmon cheese? Uh, Mozzarella. Mascarpone, how you doing? Is that, I don't know. I'm not very good on my cheeses. I'm a cheddar man for life, huh? Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Need to piss off. I, <laughs> I know your cheddar. I like a red Leicester. Yeah. Because it really melts nice on a patty when you make your own burger. Yeah. So that's optimum. That's a nice bit of orange. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so you get the melt, you get the color. Um, I'm a red Leicester guy. Love a mozzarella. Love a brie. I used to like brie, and then I ruined brie for myself. Because I had the most, like, obnoxious amount of brie for oh, lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is still not enough to satisfy your hunger. <laughs> But it's enough to make you feel full in a yeah. weird uh, brie. Oh, brie. Hey, what did the uh, cheese say when it saw itself in the mirror? Hello, me. 
On a comet. I do love halloumi, you tit. <laughs> like, you can have that one. I, I don't want it. <laughs> I love eating it the second that sucker comes out of the pan. Yeah, straight out of the pan. Otherwise, it gets too squeaky. How are you doing? <laughs> Final comment here comes from uh, the real savage, like a paneer. Ooh. Anyway, it's a good meat substitute if you're looking to be a little bit more, a little bit more ethical with your eating habits. Mm. Paneer yet so far. Uh, real savage, right? Right. So, what I've, you've been wondering today? Why I've been walking around singing Carmela's theme in the office? Correct. I, I I wonder a, a lot about what you do in that office. So the real savage. <laughs> what is, money are you bringing in? <laughs> <laughs> the real savage has typed out some of the lyrics, but I think again has slightly misheard them. F A B U L O U S. Yes, diamonds on my neck. Cause I'm fabulous. Nailed it so far. Okay, the real savage. F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S, yes. They, uh, no, oh, they be hating on me. I don't stress. I pee on my neck. Because <laughs> I'm fabulous. Capiche? I pee on my neck. I pee on my neck. Does she say that? Can you do that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Thanks once again to Jay Allen. One, two, three, four. This is a good one. Needed this today. Yeah, that weather's horrible, brother. Uh, thanks to Jay Allen, one, two, three, four, uh, for the five-star review review suggestion. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for a review instead of a god-awful Raw segment, do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. Back to Monday Night Raw, though, and the third round of the WWE draft. Hey, look who it is. AJ Styles and almost getting drafted to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Shayna Baszler moves to SmackDown. Kevin Owens. That's good. I've just killed all the Raw roster. <laughs> Wait, what the Dean? Kevin Owens moves to Raw. I mean, that's moving a deck chair around on the Titanic, isn't it? He's yeah. off soon. And rather than selecting the entirety of Tian Shaw, which would have been banter, SmackDown selects Zaya Lee. Because I want you to see what she'll do on SmackDown. <sighs> she had one of the worst takeover matches in recent memory. So. Exactly. Excited to see what she'll do on SmackDown. <laughs> Big E, he comes... Sorry, Big... Why are the picking... Why are the picking all the green ones? Like, Zia Lee struggled through a takeover match, which is kind of bad because they practice the hell out of those things to ensure, like, a three-and-a-three-quarter-star minimum window, right? So that's an indictment of her. She kicked Mercedes oh. Martinez's head off. Like, she's not there yet. She's got talent, but she's not there yet. Rich Bully Holland is green. B-Fab... It's greener than grass. So, why don't you <laughs> use the developmental facility to develop your talent, develop them, and then like, they've gone for the green. That's the one thing we didn't want to happen. <laughs> anyway, here comes Big E. He's very happy to be out here in Nashville. He says it's uh, past week's not been without its challenges. Of course, Kofi and Xavier, they've again been drafted to a different brand. Uh, and he had to take on Bobby Lashley, but he took him down to his knees, and he's still your WWE champion. You bap for that. He says, look, but in typical WWE fashion, someone immediately entered to declare themselves the next challenger, and it was Drew McIntyre. So he invites him down to the ring. Out comes Drew with his sword, of course. He says, Nashville, it's a Drew day. Yes, it is. 
and gets that sort of a reaction. Uh, he said he was screwed out of the WWE title by Lashley and MVP. He's been waiting for a hero to free Lashley of the title and Big E was that guy. Congratulations to him. He said, look, this is normally where someone would antagonize you to get a title shot, but I'm not about to do that. You deserve to be champion. And a lot of people congratulated you on social media for it, but I wanted to do it in person. He shakes Big E's hand, crowd chants for him. He then says, he did cash in on an injured Bobby Lashley, but no one likes him, so no one cares. Uh, he says he couldn't wait any longer. He challenges Big E to a title match. Before Big E can respond, though, out come the duty dogs. But Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, I quite like Ziggler here, to be fair. He comes out. He says, look, I'm happy for you, Big E. I even text you when it happened. I mean, you left me on red, but, you know, congratulations and all that. Uh, just can't help but notice you haven't thanked me. Big E's confused by this all. Ziggler says, well... I'm the guy who brought you into this company. He's my bodyguard, and they show footage of that infamous team. You know, we all remember it, Sige. It was Dolph Ziggler, it was Biggie, and that was it. That was it. There was no one else there, okay? It was just a really tight shot of Dolph Ziggler and Big E. No one else, okay? That's where we'll leave it. Uh, he shows footage of them, yes, in 2013, and said, look, there'd be no Big E, no New Day without me. And then he turns his attention to Drew McIntyre, and he goes, remember when you were crap? Can everyone remember when Drew McIntyre was really crap and then he got brought back in in 2018 and he said, look, all I want from you, Drew, is a thank you for bringing you back in and, you know, doing what you did. Uh, McIntyre looks at Rude, who's now alongside Ziggler, of course, and her, and he goes, well, it looks like you did upgrade from me. An opposite land. He didn't say that, but that's what he was inferring. Rude has a good line here. Rude's like, just look out, look out. King Cut I am. He says, I put the body in bodyguards. Uh, he says, everyone calls me Big Bob. <laughs> Big E says, literally no one calls you that. Uh, Ziggler again asks for a thank you. Big E says, you're not going to get that. All you get is an ass whooping. And uh, Big E suggested a tag match, during which time Drew McIntyre introduced himself as Big D. What did you think of this promo? I think he was talking about his cack. <laughs> uh, what a lot of work to set up a promo train, a TV match, and a Can They Coexist storyline. Like, they did video packages and everything. Yeah. I don't know why. Look, the thread is, I guess, that Drew McIntyre is trying to get a rise out of Big E. Uh, WWE booking babyface versus babyface matches kind of sucks. It's always coexist rubbish, and that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, and the match sort of played out that way. He uh, McIntyre comes in, headbutt rude, headbutts rude uh, to break out actually of, of being sort of beaten down by two men. Makes a hot tag. Big E comes in, overhead suplexes for Ziggler, a splash, an STO. Rude has to break up the cover. Uh, Big E goes for that spear through the ropes that he does that always makes me incredibly concerned. But thankfully, Rude gets his knee up. Ziggler hits a zigzag. Uh, McIntyre has to come in and break up the cover. He suplexes Rude on the outside. Ziggler tries to catch Big E off guard, but Big E hits a clothesline, sets up for the big ending, during which he's, he's sort of close towards the corner. And McIntyre backslaps his way into the match. He does the Claymore countdown, wipes out Ziggler, one, two, three. Big E looking a little bit miffed that he stole the win away from him there. Um, but then he hits the big ending on Rude, who comes to try and sneak attack Drew McIntyre. The two stand there, sort of nod at each other, and Big E accepts the match from Drew McIntyre at Crown 
duel. Fun little match, this, I thought. A nice sort of house show match. I mean, yeah, decent enough, I guess. A lot of work went into it, like. Yeah. I don't know why. It was very much a match that you could have just said, these two are teaming up because they're good against the... Like, they wouldn't do that at a house show. Yeah. These two are teaming up. The dirty dogs are expendable. Let's just have it out sort of thing. But yeah. they had to drag it out for 20 minutes because it's Monday Night Raw. Yeah. I mean, it's nice of them genuinely to show some continuity. And that's about it. I was, I was going to complete the thought, and I thought, well, that's bare minimum. I, yeah. I, I do not want to praise the show for doing bare minimum stuff. No, I think it's fair. Uh, Reggie is in the back. He goes to see Postman Pierce. He says, I've been told you want to see me. And uh, Postman Pierce says, you've got bad info. And he suddenly realizes, Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. Uh, he, uh, he's been blocked off from leaving by the Viking Raiders, who aren't that bothered about the 24-7 title, I would assume. They're just sort of... I mean, there. Eric was when Ivor was injured. Yeah, but so... now he's not asked, is he? He's got his... Oh, uh, no, he's... Um, yeah. I associate him with coveting that geek title now. I do like the fact that there was all the geeks there chasing after him. And Jackson Riker was one of them. Get that, in. That made me quite happy. It's, it's a good visual gag. Like It's a nice little visual reminder of... How little Vince McMahon cares about people and how much contempt he has because he's having a match with their priest next week. Yeah. Uh, and in the midst of all this, Reggie obviously does his flippy bollocks, escapes out, runs away, and bumps into Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz, one of the latest uh, drafts to Monday Night Raw, who are very happy to be there. And, uh, well, their stock's been raised quite clearly. By, uh, I mean, Apollo Crews wasn't in the 24 7 title bollocks, so I'm going to take that as a, as a good thing, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 24-7 title bollocks, uh, Akira Tozawa came out and interrupted Kevin Owens next. Kevin Owens made an entrance. Tozawa came out, grabbed the mic off him, uh, and says, Look, welcome to Raw. I don't want a match with you. I just want a 24-7 match right now. Turns around. Owens spins him back around, stunners him, walks out, and just thinks, how long have I got till I, till I can go to AEW? Yeah, like, this segment existed to remind you that Kevin Owens is going to be on Raw, and here's what you can expect. He's no... This is the same 55-year-olds watching the show en masse. Kevin Owens has made it too obvious with the, the Twitter stuff, the fact that he's not even, like, learning his scripted promos these days. <laughs> he's made it seem too obvious that he's just mentally checked out of all of this. He's tried to, like, dampen that particular fire on Twitter, um, but you can't hide misery. <laughs> just, listen, just listen to me on these podcasts like he does not care he can say that he cares or that people are reading too much into things but he does not care no uh, fourth and why would he yeah fourth round one of the weirdest careers ever of the WWE draft uh, the Street Profits are drafted to Raw thank goodness uh, that story we heard about in the news today didn't come true where they were going to split them up goodness me Smackdown get the Viking Raiders Raw get a two for one uh, Finn Balor and the Demon and actually three for one you got Finn Balor, you got the Demon, and you've got... These nuts! So there you go. <laughs> and SmackDown get Ricochet. Hey, you're telling me there's a chance. There's no chance. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then we got the Women's Tag Team title match. It was Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. defending against Natalia and Tamina. Uh, Nikki backstage promises uh, BSK. Remember what BSK stood for? Bone Street Crew. Nope. Uh, boom smash kapow. <sighs> the match was short. Ripley uh, got Natalia <laughs> in a Northern Lights suplex. Tamina broke up the cover. Nikki goes up top, 
And she flies sort of off the top turnbuckle to the outside. Big crossbody on them. Ripley hits Tamina with a riptide, but not satisfied with that. She gets Nikki in. She puts her up on her shoulders eventually, and then she hits a big splash. One, two, three, and they retain the tag titles because, of course, they do. I mean, I just... I saw some moves happen in front of me. Some of them were quite well performed. Um, I didn't expect, like, another team to win. Maybe I should have because Shotzi and Knox <laughs> beat Natalia and Tamina when they held the titles. Um, and they never got their shot. Now they've been split up in the draft. Like, it's impossible to analyze this. It's impossible to know what to feel when you're watching it. It's impossible to feel like you've been guided towards something. You've been all, all fiction to an extent is manipulation. And the extent to which you like it um, encourages, you, encourages you to go along with it. Um, I never know what to think when I'm watching this. I don't feel anything because it's polished, it's repetitive. Um, you know for a fact that you're not going to get a decent payoff nine times out of ten. I don't know what to think. Do I think, all right, is this an incredibly obligatory rematch that just is filler, therefore I can't possibly emotionally invest? Or is it going to be some kind of asinine result that comes out of nowhere, diminishes the value of the championships you're meant to think are prestigious, and you won't get it paid off even if it's a... Uh, means there's going to be another match. Wilborn, I am so tired. Oh, don't worry. There's some good stuff coming. Oh, uh, why? Fifth round of the draft. Uh, Raw picks carrying cross. SmackDown gets the handsome bastards, Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Raw picks Alexa Bliss, and SmackDown keeps Cesaro. And then we get the segment... Goldberg comes out. He's facing her. Yeah, I do as well, actually. Yeah. I do not want him on my TV. And yet, here he is. He's back. Uh, and once again, he's threatening death on people. He says he's not buying Lashley's excuse. He says, I know your in actions were intentional, so I'm going to invite you out here so I can intentionally break your neck. Out comes Bobby Lashley. He said, look, what happened at SummerSlam was a misunderstanding Goldberg is out of his mind if he thinks that Bobby Lashley's going to come down there and risk his custom-made suit to whip Goldberg's ass again. Said, Stop dressing like we're in the 90s. Uh, he wanted Lashley to... Uh, sorry, Lashley wanted Goldberg to apologise for attacking his character, he said. That wasn't going to happen, basically, and we can tell by his face. Uh, Lashley knew that Goldberg wanted a match, so he's going to give it him under one condition. It had to be no holds barred. And not only is Goldberg invited to Saudi Arabia, so's Gage. God, I really hope he gets attacked again. Uh, and Goldberg, again, obsessed Bill, thanks him because no holds barred gives him the license to kill. He said, I'm crazy. Uh, he said... Uh, if you want an apology, Lashley, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to apologize to your kids for leaving your lifeless body in the ring at Crown Jewel, gasping for air. He says, Lashley, yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah. He says, Lashley, you're next and you're dead. Stop saying you're going to kill people, Bill. Because it's going to be horribly ironic when you do, <laughs> by he, accident. He uh, His music hits, but Lashley cuts him off and he says, but what if... Gage gets involved again. We, we don't know what's going to happen. It's no old bod. You could be attacked from behind. And the whole reason the, the uh, Hurt Business was reunited was exemplified right here. He gets jumps. 
by Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. But of course, Goldberg fights him off, Spears Benjamin. And the story of the match has already been told there. Lashley's going to have a back and forth power battle. And the poor Hurt Business are going to have to take all the big moves, aren't they? Yeah, there was a moment during this segment, and then there was a bit of cross-talk, and I don't know if there was a mistimed thing, but Bobby Lashley hadn't finished, and Goldberg, like, fell to his knees. What was he saying as he fell to his knees? Like, thank God or something? Oh, some bollocks, yeah. Like, careful, Bill, you almost took a bump. <laughs> like, save that for the big show, buddy. Um, his threats and his whole badass mystique and his, like, barking jock energy, like, it doesn't work anymore. I used to take it seriously as, like, oh, God, he's going to slap someone in half. And it's like, well, you're going to just jump into someone's waist. Mm. Like, my half-hearted attempts to do, like, rugby tackling, yeah, right? When it's, like, <laughs> raining. Yeah. Oh, I hate rugby so much. And it's like, oh, you have to do it. It's like, right, okay, I'm going to try and tackle you. That's what his beers look like. My stupid 12-year-old ass and youth eight. Uh, this is the Seth Rollins interview that we've already covered. And then we came back to Cedric Alexander and Sean Benjamin in a match. Do the match before they look like geeks and I might invest in it. Skip, I'm not talking about it. You know what? There was one awesome thing, right? Where it looked like Xavier Woods was a little bit too enthusiastic, taking a spill to the outside. Turns out it was a trap. What a lovely strategic element of thought there. And a nice bit of drama. I'm not talking about this. Co- yeah, Kofi off the back of that hit a double stomp on Shelton. Uh, and the uh, springboard rope walk elbow thing from Xavier Woods gets the pin on Alexander in like two and a half minutes. They've just been murdered by Goldberg. I should hope they lose, even though this is their first match back as a team. But who cares? Why would I watch it after this? Woods screams down the camera lens, crown me, crown me, crown me. And he should be king of the ring because it doesn't really matter. Just let him have it. Just let him have it. It's for, he's, a, he's been like an incredibly loyal independent contractor who's provided a lot of people, even the most... Uh, jaded of fans with a lot of entertainment. And then it was like the timings were all off because they just sort of sent down the Street Profits to kill a few minutes. They came down. Uh, they were shilling, to be fair, for the new Undertaker, New Day spooky thing that could be coming your way soon on What Culture Wrestling's YouTube channel, just saying. Um, uh, Ford didn't want any spoilers, though, and uh, they said they're back on Raw. They want the smoke. Crowd loved it, to be fair, and Kofi Kingston did a bit of a dance. That was that. This is where they said, uh, you're getting Finn Balor and you're getting the Demon. Cool. Literally just watched him lose at Extreme Rules, but all right. Then out come Randy Orton. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Randy and Riddle. <laughs> they come out. Uh, uh, he come out because, and he wants to hear an answer from Omos. He hasn't hasn't heard anything from him. He says, are you, what, are you AJ Styles' personal colossus? Are you just a big old bitch? Bitch counter. Tick. Uh, out comes Styles and Big George. Uh, Styles calls Orton insignificant. He says Riddle doesn't have enough brain cells to help Orton retain the titles. But Styles is still happy that they're all on Raw together still, so he and Omos can win the tag titles and brag about it every single week. Uh, Omos, you know, he's about to answer um, Randy Orton's challenge when out of nowhere, Orton lays out Styles. Omos and Riddle get into it. Uh, there's a bit of a stare down between Omos and Orton, and then Orton. RKO Styles, and they get out of there. This was Orton's plan all along, you see. Well, I don't know why. Do they need, oh, he needs momentum. Some momentum, doesn't he? Uh, they get a bit of a recap here of NXT 2.0. Oh, and guess what? It's Toxic Attraction. 
Yeah, I'm not surprised that that's the bit that gets highlighted from NXT. To be honest, uh, they show uh, them attacking Raquel Gonzalez and say, please watch tomorrow night, please. And then we get the final round of the draft. It was Carmella, piss on your neck, going to Monday Night Raw. Rich Bloody Holland, I'm off to SmackDown. Which works really well for my accent, so that's good. It does, but like not for his career. Oh, no. Uh, Gable Steveson, the Olympic gold medalist, gets selected for Monday Night Raw. They have a nice sort of realistic shot of him celebrating at home with his parents. Uh, congratulations to them. And in a nice bit of hopeful, fingers crossed, this is going to be worked into a storyline, uh, Sami Zayn is the last draft pick and goes to SmackDown so he can continue that conspiracy Does thing. he still do that? Uh, they put it on the graphic. Oh, right. He, they said, like, oh, he was won the IC title, and he thinks there's a conspiracy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, as I said, they ran down Steveson's accolades. They called him a game changer. What do you, I thought it was a, a, a nice little twist on everything. Yeah, like, it's so simple. If you, <laughs> the secret of the success of WWE is that if you bypass NXT, you'll be received as a star. Yeah. It's like AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Gable Stevenson. All right, okay, I'll, they're not associated with this. Because the idea is, like, they are so patronizing with NXT. Like, they want everyone to, even if they've got, like, loads of experience in PWG or whatever, they have to learn the playbook. They have to relearn, unlearn all the bad habits that they pick up on the, on the scene where they get over in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they are bypassing NXT, I'm not even being facetious. Like, it means that you are meant to receive the message that he's going to be a star, regardless. Stop comparing him to Kurt Angle, though, because that's really not fair. Can you be as good at, Andy was saying this on the news today, can you be as good as the greatest rookie of all time? Good luck, pal. Come on, give him a bloody chance. Uh, right, and then we get to the main event. It was Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair. Becky Lynch on commentary. It's feisty tonight. I liked her. She was decent entertainment, to be fair. Um, so they go back and forth for a while. Like you say, this was just very much go out and do 10 minutes sort of thing. Uh, but then we get uh, Belair fighting back. She hits a brilliant, that delayed vertical suplex of hers. It's just magnificent. And... Uh, Byron Saxton, who I think called him Gable Stevenson. Good work, Byron. <laughs> uh, he tries to get a bit of a, ooh, bit of a jab when uh, she hits this vertical suplex. And she goes, oh, that could be you, Becky Lynch. Becky just jumps all over him. Yeah, kicking out like I did before, you prick. Wonderful. Put him in his place. Um, so Becky, not Becky, she's not in a match. Bianca Belair goes for that handspring moonsault, but Charlotte gets her knees up. She's in control now. She hits a power bomb. She goes for natural selection, but Bianca Belair sort of powers out of it, looking really good there. Charlotte goes for Bianca Belair's braid, but Becky, uh, Belair hits her with a forearm. Charlotte dodges out of a KOD attempt. She spears her. She gets a great near fall. Belair slams Charlotte, goes up to the top, but Charlotte knocks the rope. She falls down. She uh, knocks her off the top rope. Charlotte goes to that moonsault, lands on her feet brilliantly, and then just nails a standing moonsault. Goes for the figure four, but Belair reverses it into a small package, gets a two count, and then out of nowhere, Belair snatches Charlotte up. KOD. She got the victory, but Lynch grabs Belair's leg, pulls her out, DQ. She attacks her. She lays her out at ringside. But then all of a sudden, Sasha Banks comes in. She attacks Becky Lynch from behind. She uh, lays her out with a backstabber. And Sasha Banks stands tall as the commentators shout about this triple threat that we've got coming our way at Crown Jewel. They don't want that match to have happened. You're meant to think that Sasha Banks is the evil baddie for disrupting it. So why should I talk about it? Like, I just, It doesn't matter. 
it's, it's one of those things that you always come back to, and I, I sort of lean on it quite a lot, of, i tell you what, guys, Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair had a good match. Yes, because it's Charlotte Flair, one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time and one of the hottest prospects of all time to come from NXT, Bianca Belair. If you told them to go out there and do 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes... They're not going to do 40 minutes, brother. Know, but it would be spectacular because they're brilliant wrestlers. Yes, I know, I know the point It's all the get. other bollocks that goes around it that ruins it. Yeah, I mean, of course, mostly it was a really good match. Charlotte at certain points did not look good. But there was, I like the story being told of just athletes, driven athletes, competitors, as they <laughs> like to call it now. They can't be wrestlers, even though it's World Wrestling Entertainment, because Vince McMahon's an absolute lunatic. That athletes trying to just peacock in front of one another. Thought it was a nice little touch. Um, and you, you, I knew the finish. Everyone mm, knows the yeah. finish. And yet some people still watch. Curious. Uh, the more I've talked about this show, the more I've disliked it. So maybe no, that's just, my, it's the Cedric effect. Maybe, well, but maybe <laughs> I was just in too much of a good mood this morning. I had a good night's sleep last night, so maybe maybe that's it. Sometimes uh, I'd find that where I have a good night's sleep and I go, everything's great in the world, and then I think, oh no, actually that was dreadful. Yeah, but I'm just in a good mood. It's, it's, it's a Cedric effect. I'm sorry. It's fine. Don't worry. I'm a black it. hole. Hey, we have a we have a good laugh, don't we? You know, from bad to work here. <laughs> Follow me at M Sedgwick. <laughs> Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We, we're going to be back later to preview NXT 2.0 and the Tony D'Angelo debut, baby. So look forward to that one later on. I was about to strike you. <laughs> All right, I'll wrap it up then. This has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Cedric. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.